Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living.
Ah, give me, join me in giving the band, this wonderful band, another hand. <laughs> the, the, it's so wonderful to be here because the energy in this place is so warm. It's so warm and just beautiful to be here. Again, my name is Reverend Bonnie Gardner, and my title today is Walking in Light, Love, and Wisdom. But a little bit about my background. I'm a, a retired elementary teacher, uh, and I'm also a certified uh, minister with Unity, and Reverend Kelly, one of your very own, and I are great colleagues. And I love her. She is an astounding person. <laughs> so as you can tell, I can tell by this environment that it's a perfect match. It's just a perfect match. Yes. I would like also to acknowledge my family, my husband, my daughter, and my granddaughter. So if you hear somebody say, saying, Nana, you know that. <laughs> That be me. <laughs> so uh, again, I'm uh, Reverend Bonnie Gardner, and I'm very honored and grateful to be here. And I thank you for the opportunity to deliver my message today, uh, walking in light, love, and wisdom. Let us pray. Mother, Father, everything, God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with Unity of Farmington Hills. I surrender my mind, my heart, and my spirit to you, Lord, to deliver a message that touches all today. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My scriptures come from Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, 8 and 9, and 15 and 16. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 reads, Walk in love, therefore be imitators of God as beloved, beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Ephesians 5, 8 and 9 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 15, 16 reads, Walk as wise. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Well, in unity, we know and we recognize the term evil not as a force, but a perceived absence of good, a sense of separation from God created in mind. Just as dark is darkness is the absence of light. So why is it important that we walk in love, light, and wisdom? As followers of Christ and oneness with God, we become personified as love, personified as light, and personified as wisdom. When others see you, they see the light 
They see God's presence. Jesus' love was the perfect, perfect demonstration of God's presence. So we let his example teach us how to walk in love. Jesus said, you too can become the Christ. In fact, this is why we're here on the planet today. We're working on becoming in tune with, more aligned with, and at one with God. But following Jesus' Jesus's example, I want this world to be better. I want this world to be better because I was here. Yes. I want this world to be better because I want to be a change agent. And to be a change agent in this present time is my assignment. And it's also your assignment to be change agents. This is our time. So my message today, walking in love, light, and wisdom, is appropriate to our, I say our, but the study of the 12 powers, because the 12 powers exemplify the path of Christ consciousness. They are the way we manifest who we came here to be. And we exercise these 12 powers that make us who we are. Faith, love, wisdom, power, imagination, understanding, will, order, zeal, renunciation, and new life. So our work then is to awaken to the divine powers which God has given us. And with God's guidance to develop those powers which function on three levels, spirit, mind, body, I am, I think, and I express. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, spoke about the 12 powers as being inherent in each and every one of us. The fishermen and all the other disciples that Jesus chose to walk with him are symbolic of the powers he needed in order to become the Christ, walking in unification with God. That brings us to the importance of balancing our spiritual faculties of love and wisdom. Books on the 12 powers say that love is the most universally acknowledged of all the 12 powers. And at the same time, the most frequently misunderstood, even in our own lives. There's a lot of confusion that can happen around the concept of love. Love is described in the dictionary as an intense feeling of deep affection. In unity, you see the smile on my face? In unity, we define the power of love as the ability to know oneness with all. As Charles Fillmore explains it, love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everybody. It insists that all is good by refusing, refusing to see anything else but good. Without love present in the universe, 
through gravity and the right relationship between the stars, the galaxy, and in space, it would seem that our universe would just literally fall apart. And without the God-directed expression of love in our lives, we would find that our whole experience seems meaningless, futile. God, love, love gives direction to our conscious unfoldment, our intentions. Let's look at the explanations for wisdom. Worldly wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. It is knowledge of worldly things with the ability to use them. The spiritual power of wisdom functions to draw upon spirit for guidance and conclusion-making. Spiritual wisdom, as we know in truth, is intuitive knowing in all the departments of mind that come under the heading of knowing. It is the voice of God within as the source of our understanding, mental action based on Christ's truth within. Love without wisdom can be vulnerable. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I certainly have. Of course, not any of you, but we all know people who don't have the courage to say no. N-O. Didn't. They get run down and worn out because the word no just isn't in their vocabulary. They say that they do what they do for love, but inwardly, they resent it. Then there are those who are susceptible to flattery, much flattery. Someone puts them on a pedestal, obligating them with excessive favors, which can be emotionally and physically draining. So it's important. It's important to harmonize wisdom and love. So how do we do this? As the love faculty unfolds, we must make sure that we link it always with wisdom and that we develop both attributes always under the direction of Christ. As Jesus encouraged and developed the disciples, so we must encourage and develop the faculties within us. We have them. They were, they're inherent in us. And we're always to remember to keep the Christ, our own God nature, in charge. Fillmore explains, when wisdom and love are unified in the individual consciousness, man is the master of ideas and brings them forth under the original creative law. Through the right use of wisdom and love, we are able to produce divinely inspired ideas. And from them, perfect results manifest in our world. Expressing love and acting in love is a way that we make the world better. When we are love and we act in love, how could the world not be better? There's a strong connection between the faculty of love and wisdom. John, representing the attribute of love, and James, representing wisdom, were brothers 
Jesus called them sons of thunder. These two are represented in the physical body and connected by a network of nerves located in a pit of the stomach. The love center in the body is located in the back of the heart. Wisdom is the center behind the stomach, just behind the stomach. So whatever affects the stomach will sympathetically affect the heart and vice versa. According to Paul in Corinthians, he said, the powers of faith, love, and hope of them, that love is the greatest quality and power of them all. Love is the greatest because God is love. And love is magnetic because it has vibrational elements to it. When we love we have a different vibrational energy. We're clear. We feel good. When you are loving, you're vibrating at a much higher level. It's magnetic. And we start to attract others also who are loving. Love harmonizes situations. It harmonizes because it's not only vibrational, it's affirming that everything is good. The challenge, the challenge for us is, I'm at this higher vibration and I refuse to see anything less than good in any situation. Now that's a tough one, isn't it? Refusing to see anything less than good in any situation, it is tough. It's missing the mark. We've heard that before. It's missing the mark. But that's what we're being called to do, what we're being called to know, what we're being called to be, that perfection in love. We're being called to be loving, to love everything, everything, as God loves everything. Divine love sees no distinctions among persons. I'm so, I feel so good when I'm in that space. I feel so wonderful when I'm in that space. So clear. God is no respect, respecter of person. God loves all and is present in all. Because God is love, actually, God cannot not love. Because God is love. Love is a state of being. Love is the opposite of fear. So when we're in that fear mode, we have stopped loving. I like to, uh, a quote by uh, Gerald Japlansky. He's the author of the mini course in, in Miracles. And it states that, you cannot love and be fearful at the same time. You're either fearful and cut off, or you're loving and embracing all. Fillmore writes, all love is divine in its origin. Yes, he does. But it's, it passes through the lens of the human eye. The human eye sees things differently. So the love is there. But it comes through the filter, the lens. 
and we all see things differently. And as this happens, the idea of love changes. And that's where the power of wisdom comes in. Love without wisdom can be a a dictator to these people. Love is attached to strings. You've heard of parents who feel that a son or daughter must follow in their exact footsteps, running every aspect of their lives, their job choices, their significant others, how to raise their kids. I know I've crucified those thoughts because my daughter is here. (laughs) She's here. She's here today. We need the spiritual power of wisdom to return us back to the idea that God is and all is love and all is good. James 1 and 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Just ask. In my past, I didn't know to just ask. Wisdom is that spiritual knowing. We all have that. We all have that inner voice, that inner telling, that inner knowing of the right thing to do or path to take or way to go. We all have that gut feeling, that intuitive instinct. And when we go against that knowing, we later say, I should have followed my right mind. That's your gut instinct talking. Some of us are more aware of that voice than others. And in unity, we exercise our fourth principle. We, when, we're, when we go into prayer, when we go into meditation, a prayer affirming that all is well and nothing can disturb the calm peace of my soul. We enter into the silence and then the still small voice comes in and we know. We know that we know. We know because the fear at that moment is gone. And we are truly, truly in alignment with the one presence and the one power. So now we can conclude that wisdom comes from facts, yes. But we learn facts, we study, we get facts, and that's good. Wisdom is also from experience. I've learned to be mindful of this. When I touch something hot or if I touch something hot, I get burned. So I learn through experience, and that's how our children learn. We all learn through experience. We also learn through our spiritual mind. When we listen to that still, small voice within, the wisdom balances the intellect. The body senses the experience and brings together the spiritual experience. We also learn through our spiritual mind when we listen to that small small voice that 
all-knowing. We can trust all-knowing. So where do we apply these spiritual powers in our daily lives right now? Using Scripture to guide us. There's so much relevance to today's world. The wars, the greed, the power, the corruption, the anger, the fighting, the sibling rivalry. It's all there in the Scriptures. So we can definitely look at uh, the scriptures to see symbolically how we can work these things out. So who do we seek when there's a problem? Who are they told to get in alignment with? God. And of course, we can go to scripture to glean wisdom because it is the revolving, evolving story of the human soul, is it not? It is. It's our story. So how many of you can think how you started out on a new journey, a new job? How many of you (laughs) remember that you fought with a brother or a sister or your mother or your father? How many of you can say you were jealous of somebody else's relationship? We can all say that. And it comes from Scripture. And so many of us can say that we walk the road to the crucifix. We walk the road to that wooden cross. And we felt like we were hung there and went through our own crucifixion. Only then do we learn, oh my God, that I, I can rise again. I can go on. I can go on to a brand new life. And it's all good. Because if it wasn't for this and this and that, I wouldn't be here. That scripture, offering up wisdom, giving us a reflection of our lives on a day-to-day basis, In Scripture, we read, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And to make this current feel more right, the price we pay for conscious attainment of divine wisdom and understanding is letting go. Letting go of our personal self and limited beliefs to the I am, to oneness, to rise to this place to use wisdom to love. The path of Christ consciousness is a commitment. It's a commitment to walking in the light, applying our unity principles as a practice, not just words to say. We see everyone, everyone as the Christ, as God We clean up, really clean up our own stuff. And we really believe that prayer works and that right thinking works. Remember, prayer isn't changing God. It's changing us. (laughs) First time I heard that, I was like, yes. So that's what it is. All this time I've been trying to tell God what to do. What a correction. When you think about it, nothing has changed in our world. Everything has been going on. 
It's been going on for years. It's just that now we have a target and we get to say, oh, God, there's persecution over there. We say, oh, my God, look at what's happening. So much violence. Nothing has changed for years. The economy hasn't changed. The only thing that has changed is people are more confident. So you see, it's the lens. It's the lens that we look through. We are just more aware of what's going on. It means letting go of our preconceived expectations of how the world should be. Oh, I carried the world on my shoulders. And I was always thinking of how it should be. And now I can let that go. What a freedom that is. It means that we are being tested and challenged to live in the world, to unfold in spiritual consciousness. We are called to do what God would have us do right here and right now. Yes. We know that what we focus on is what we get. That's an example of unity's third principle. Reverend Michael Beckwith, a phenomenal preacher of Agape International Center, preaches that we have a world of possibility. We have a world of possibility to act while doing our sacred service of love, affirmative prayer, and meditation. We have a world of possibility to hold the vision of the world as we want to see it. A world of God, a world of good. He says that we are focusing so much on what we don't want that we are forgetting that that's exactly what we're creating out of fear. With our thoughts, our words, and our actions, we have the opportunity to be change agents, to create with the Christ within in making this world a better place. A quote by Albert Einstein says, the world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. To do so makes us change agents. Jesus, our way sure, says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the challenge. So we do our work. I invite you to change the world by your thinking. Be a change agent. So let's turn to each other now and say to you, say, I am a change agent. You are a change agent. Good to meet you. (laughs) It's a release. Farmington Hills, guests and friends, I say to you today, our work bears responsibility as change agents of being a positive influence in the world in which we live. In closing, 
as we develop in God consciousness, walking in the light of God, let us use the spiritual powers of love and wisdom to guide us. God bless you. You say love is just a word Just four letters in a row Just a thing that people say Oh, they never tell you so And you use every excuse To let nobody in Now this cloud you bring around has become your only friend and everybody's saying that it's gonna go away but it don't go and everybody's telling you one day it's gonna change but you don't know if it's really going to end but there is a way there is a spark there is a hope that you can hold on to there is a lifeline come to the rescue built a hand that's waiting for you and if you believe in this i promise that you won't be alone there is a way the truth and the life and the way but if love became a man if the word had flesh and bone Would you recognize his face If he came to bring you home You think you're all alone Gotta do it on your own Riding solo Is there someone you could call When you stumble and fall Cause you don't know If you'll be getting up again Cause there is a way there is a spark, there is a hope that you can hold on to. There is a lifeline, come to the rescue, just like a hand that's waiting for you. And if you believe in this, I promise that you won't be alone. There is a way, the truth and the same way too but there's so much more than that and it's waiting here for you there is a way there is a spot